Emotions are absorbed in the body in about six seconds. Each burst of emotion, from the time it's produced in the hypothalamus to the time it's completely broken down and absorbed, only lasts six seconds. This may sound a little bit absurd, because you think of emotions and feelings as interchangeable. And honestly, so do I. I'm not even sure who decided which thing was which. But I will tell you, the one reason I love words is because of how powerful it can be when you truly capture the meaning of something. And that's why there's a difference between emotions and feelings. We're only going to touch a little bit on the difference between emotions and feelings today. They're part of a larger conversation around emotions as indicators about the fact they are messengers from ourselves to ourselves and how that often gets sidetracked into our thinking they're about someone else or something else. Well, I don't know about you, but that's what happens with me an awful lot. So hopefully you'll connect with that a little bit too. Welcome to The Grit Show, growth on purpose. I'm grateful you're here. We are a community of scrappers who've had the opportunity to demonstrate our grit. And now we are growing together as seekers and thrivers, learning a little each week that brings more joy and ease into our life and knowing that there's more to life than just The Grit Show. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez. After a career as a clinician and leading organizations, I transitioned to consulting and fulfilled my goal of becoming a best-selling author in 2021 before finding my way to podcasting and the perfect fit for my passion skills, which was the founding of the Authentic Connections Podcast Network. It connects my love of talking and connecting while also amplifying voices as we move the needle closer to 37 by 27, increasing by 10% the number of podcasts hosted by women by 2027. Because really, shouldn't it be closer to 50%? As part of this, I'm offering for the first time a four-part intro series to podcasting, From Dreaming to Doing. It's a wonderful foundation course for those of you interested. Go to bit.ly slash podcast D2D, Dreaming to Doing, and you can sign up. I'll talk a little more about it in detail at the end. For now, let's chat more about emotions as indicators. At times, I had to find it almost comical. But even though I have this clinical degree, and a clinical license, I still feel as though I'm at a loss when it comes to understanding emotions and how they work. You think it would be at the base of everything. And it is, but it's a part that you kind of ignore and that I feel like I didn't learn enough about. As I mentioned in my intro, my former career, I was a clinician, an LCSW to be specific, a licensed clinical social worker. My specialty was actually working with young children. I loved working with kids. And I think intentionally avoided working specifically with adults, even though anyone who works with kids will tell you that you are working with their parents, their classroom teachers, or adults in their life as much as you are working with them. But it was always easier to have the focus be on kids. The solutions were easier. The compassion would easily flow. I seemed to have understanding, more patience. It always came easier for me. It also helped with boundaries. I'm someone who's always believed boundaries are very important. And we'll actually talk more about that in later episodes of this season when we dive into conversations around burnout. But it was always easy when I was dating or out with a friend or any other time when someone bristled at me being a therapist to just brush it off. I only worked with folks under the age of five. So 
I was never psychoanalyzing you. That was never part of the conversation. I was a friend you'd vote most likely to tell you to go see a therapist or that you might want to get a therapist, but I was never the friend trying to be your therapist. And once you told me your diagnosis, there was a chance it might take me a few minutes of hemming and hawing before I could actually see it totally fit too. Sometimes there's a bit of a veil between my work and my life in that way. I like to think that my background, all the training that I took and the classes I had and the knowledge I had added to the depth of conversations I had with others and my way of thinking sometimes. But it's interesting to me how little I apply to my personal life, what I've learned as a therapist sometimes, and I don't apply it to everyone else in my life. It's one of those things that I've learned. You've heard about, you know, physician heal thyself is not that possible. It also applies to clinicians or maybe very specifically with me. It's hard to say. There's also a chance that there's this moment when I was in college studying social work for the first time and taking these courses when I went to dinner with my dad and I was visiting and he actually asked me, so now that you're taking these classes, what do you think about our family? And I spun backwards and was quick to say, I don't know. I will never know. Never ask me that again. (laughs) So part of me never wanted to apply it. It was always about other people and other things. So maybe that's why applying what I've learned about emotions doesn't easily cross apply. Or maybe it's a matter that I didn't learn as much about emotions as I wanted to or thought I could. I was poking around at the research in preparation for this episode. And some of the articles I read made me feel better that maybe it wasn't as deep as a topic as it could have been, should have been, or I would have liked it to have been. And that it was something that was brushed over as I learned more about Pavlov conditioning and the way you just did things instead of understanding why things happened and the way things happened and how it connects. And the emotions weren't as well understood and are still being understood. That's what I like to think anyways. There is a recent episode that I heard on a podcast, because I happen to like those, in case you didn't know. But it was in the last two episodes of Unlocking Us with Brene Brown that I was listening to for a whole different reason. And yet it really brought home some concepts for me around emotions and the impact they have and their purpose. And that wasn't the intent of the episode. It is an amazing episode, though. It is really around living big and some other bigger pieces around whether or not people are doing the best they can, which I love it and that entire episode. And I could not possibly explain it as well as they do or recapture it and convey it in the way that they do. So you should go listen to that. The last two episodes of Unlocking Us with Brene Brown and her sister. It's very good. But we will talk a little bit about that concept around if others are doing the best they can. And one of the things that they posit or bring up is this concept that when we are in this place of judging others, when we don't think others are doing the best they can, and we're in this place of really passing judgment on the performance of others and what they're doing, that part of that is us being in a place of judgment and that perhaps we're also judging ourselves. And this is an interesting concept. There were so many concepts I got from that episode, but that was one that I was sitting with and spending some time with. And it really had me thinking about it because there are people who I think are doing the best they can. And at the time, I could probably name them off. And I got the concept of why you should apply that to all people. But 
I recognized that it wasn't always something I did. And it made me curious about when I do or don't apply it. And I had a really great conversation with a dear friend of mine that helped me to kind of take that to a different level. And it is about the unfinished fence at my house. I was on the phone with my good friend and I was talking about the unfinished fence. And as I was talking about it, she was kind of laughing because I was referring to the love of my life and his desire to have this fence. And me knowing his desire for this fence was because we moved back to this house that we own when the pandemic was winding down, but the pandemic still wasn't resolved. And there was a lot of the neighborhood where we had the house had shifted and changed. And there was a lot of activity that was questionable and things that had happened. And it just wasn't the same safe neighborhood it had been. And he was concerned about how exposed the front of our house was. And that at one time when we were first dating, I was chatting it up with somebody on my porch because I thought they were coming to do something with one of our tenants that, and they weren't. And they'd actually cut open a box on our, on our porch and were breaking into it. And I was chatting away with them after they taped it up. No clue that they were somebody that was <laughs> telling things to our porch and just being friendly. And so he's had concerns about my, my openness and the way that the neighborhood had changed is we talked about putting in a fence and we'd worked on it and then the neighborhood got better and the fence hadn't been finished. And so it's this thing that needs to get finished, this fence. And he doesn't have bandwidth for it. And I like the project. And so it really is my project to finish, but it's not a needed project because our neighborhood has gotten better and I like having the exposure to this tree and the people that walk by and chat with us. So it's this weird thing, this fence. And so as I'm talking to my girlfriend about this fence that needs to be finished, I'm still talking about the love of my life, the one of the fence, and I need to finish the fence. And she's laughing because of how I talk about him and this fence. And she would just be not referring to her partner the same way. <laughs> there was an unfinished fence that they wanted that, that she would be having to finish and, and all those pieces. And it was a perfect example of me knowing that he doesn't like outdoor projects like that. He doesn't like those projects. They stress him out. There's other things he'd rather be doing. I honestly love doing that. Part of me savoring my time is projects like that. I love home projects. And me just knowing that and knowing that he's also patient with the fact I haven't finished that project, even though he really wanted it done. And so there's no there's no negativity like with any of that conversing as we're talking about it. So she was noting that and talking about how interesting it was that I could, you know, be so fine with it and she'd be so different. And, and it kind of went back to our conversation around that concept of doing the best you can and, and him knowing I was doing the best and me knowing that he was doing his best with it and how it rolled. But then very soon thereafter, there was a work-related project where somebody I was working with, I did not feel like they were doing the best they could. <laughs> and I was having a very strong reaction to the way they were handling things. And as part of that, I was noticing the strength of my reaction to that. And it was a good opportunity for me to do some reflection. And it went back to that reflection that Brene and her sister were having on the podcast around where you 
stand in judgment of yourself on things. And when it comes to the house projects, like I don't judge him doing things or not doing things because I don't judge myself doing things or not doing things because I am doing the best I can with balancing my work and my other pieces and getting the house projects done. So I don't judge him on those things. But when it comes to my work, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling behind. I'm having all sorts of other feelings. And so I'm very quick to judge things when it comes to work and those things because I'm feeling overworked. I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling like I'm not doing the best I can. I'm not setting good boundaries. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not figuring things out and making them sustainable for me. And so I'm very quick to judge somebody else. And so as much as like this concept is so helpful for me to stop and recognize like where I can apply someone's doing the best they can is an area where I feel good that I'm doing the best I can. And that really in those places where I'm judging other people are the places I need to do more self-work and need to stop judging myself so much and figure out what's going on with me. And that really brought me back to the concept that our emotions are indicators. And I can't tell you the book that I heard it in. I don't even think I, I got a book from a library. I don't think I even finished it before I had to go back because that happens with me. <laughs> I love the library as a resource, but I don't always have time to finish things before I need to return them. And I remember reading about that concept and it was so powerful to me, this concept of emotions as indicators and the fact that with this work situation when I was having such a strong reaction and a flicker of anger when someone wasn't getting things done or wasn't understanding what I was asking of them what was that emotion about like what was that connected to because I think the way I was raised not even negatively against anyone who raised me I just think the way we're raised that we're supposed to be like sensing other people's emotions and reacting and being careful how we impact others and I'm someone who's very aware of how I impact others and very aware that I can soften or do things to make things better for other people and I do that a lot with adjusting how I'm in space especially when I was younger and that we can do that and so there's this flip side of that is also that others should then adjust or not adjust for me and I can get frustrated when they do or don't because I'm adjusting for them right so there's this piece to that whereas really that whole situation like when I got frustrated with someone else not understanding or figuring things out or taking care of things or getting things done what did that mean for me what was that indicated for me that anger for me and honestly I think that anger for me was that I had not committed to a larger role in a project because of the fact I knew my limitations and even knowing those limitations and not committing to a larger role, I'm still overcommitted and doing too much right now and hiring staff so that I can be doing less, but still not doing good with drawing my boundaries and having more free time, right? So I'm still not in alignment, which I think there's the bottom line if you're not in alignment with what your core values are. So my core value is free time and having time with people that I care about and not being overburdened with work and not having work creep into the main thing that I'm overly focused on because it's done that before in my life. And so that's what I was angry about. That's what I was upset about. It wasn't necessarily this other person not 
being good at what they do and not getting things done and not doing things right and taking up more of my time to have to clean up the mess. It was just in general, I was putting too much time into work. And this little flicker of anger that came up was a reminder of that. So that message was for me. It wasn't for them. It wasn't something I needed to react and project and make a big deal and get frustrated with them. There were some level boundaries that maybe, you know, I can be more careful about who I work with in the future, et cetera. That's part of it. But really, it was about me not being in alignment with how much I was working and doing, even more so than just on that one project. That just in general, I was not giving myself enough space and I was letting work take over too much of my time and too much of my efforts. So it was really a message for me. So my emotion was an indicator that I needed to pay attention to. And I think that too often in our lives, we've been told that our emotions, our responses to situations are about the other people and what other people should be doing. And sometimes directing other people to do things differently instead of stopping and pausing and seeing what's going on with us. And that could be as simple slash complicated as when we're in a situation where the kids are being too loud and too noisy and making too big of a mess and doing all those type of things and there's just too much chaos going on. And that could be a moment to see like, well, what's out of alignment for me? Like, do I need a quieter space? Am I just overwhelmed and I'm not giving myself enough care and self-maintenance and taking care of me enough that I feel like this is taking too much out of me to be managing the situation right now? What do I need to do for for boundaries or for care or for me in the situation instead of needing to control the volume because is the volume actually the problem in the situation or is there something else with me that's this is activating or hitting on that I need to pay attention to and I need to listen to. So we can still, I mean, obviously with kids, like we're raising kids, we're teaching kids, we're helping them to learn to see things, but I'm sure we know that sometimes we react differently to situations. And if we're reacting in our best selves and the way we want to react to the situation, then we're doing great. But if we notice we're not reacting the best way, we're reacting to an emotion that we're having, that we're then turning it into a feeling. So that's the difference between emotions and feelings. An emotion, like I noted, lasts like six seconds. It is actually a chemical reaction that needs to be processed in your body. But there's like another level to it. The feelings is what happens when you make meaning of it when you add a story to it, when you put more to it, and that's when it lasts longer and it stays longer. And so that's, that's something that, that you're adding to it. That's the thinking part of it, the brain adding part of it. And so it's neutral. Our emotions are neutral. They're just chemical reactions in our body, in our brain, that we need to work through and we need to experience. And We do experience, but when it becomes more than that, it's because we're adding things to it. And so what we add to it, the meaning we make of it, and what we do with that is up to us and how we interpret that data. And so looking at that data slightly differently, to go back to like touching the hot stove, you know, it's just a sensation of pain that tells you to pull your hand back. And then you might start adding that other information to it of it reminds you of a different circumstance something that happened when you touched something that was hot and then it hurt really bad and then you think of that and then you start remembering that and you get upset about that and then it lasts longer. And so those little messages are just six seconds of information that your brain is giving your body and then what happens to that is the more interesting thing. And so I think we can go back to our episode with 
will help in on internal family systems when you talked about getting curious, not furious. When we have thoughts and we have our stories that our brains are adding to things and to maybe start looking at more of our feelings after we have that initial emotion to have that peace and to start maybe looking at our emotions as signals and messages that are for us, us and only us, to see what that means to us and to maybe look at that lens I'm talking about around that alignment, right? Why is this emotion so heavy for me? Why is it so strong for me? What is out of alignment that this is kind of tripping on for me that I can fix and I can change? So if I'm meeting somebody and they're not showing up and they're late, the emotion I might have with that is a little flicker a frustration, that's information for me. That's not information for them. Maybe for me, time is really valuable. And maybe I'm not valuing my own time, that I'm not putting myself first enough and putting time into the things that I want to spend more time on that are important. Another time that friend, same friend is late and it doesn't bother me because I am valuing my time. And I am doing the things that I want the rest of the time. Or maybe I didn't want to have this dinner tonight, but I did it because I tend to try to please other people and do what other people want instead of pleasing myself. So maybe that message is for me that I need to do more to please myself instead of trying to please other people. So the message is for me. It's not for the other person. It's for me about what I need to do for me to have me feel more in alignment. And if somebody hasn't called and talked to me and I haven't conversed with them and I have a sadness with that, well, the message is, what do I need to do? I need more connection. Do I want more connection with this person? Then I can make moves to have that connection. Or maybe I need more connection and I should look for volunteer opportunities or start doing other activities I enjoy and find other people who share interests that might be more available to spend time with me and that I can have connection with. So those emotions we have, they're important and we need to pay attention to them and honor them and see them as indicators for us, for us to make decisions about and for us to feel and to have them. And if we have kids, because we've mentioned, I used to work solely primarily with kids. So I connect a lot to that opportunity to be able to have that with kids. We have a tendency to make kids apologize to each other, to make them feel like somebody else made them cry, et cetera, et cetera. But to have that opportunity to to not make them feel like they have to be isolated with their emotions, but to say, you're feeling this, you're sad. I can see that you have some sadness right now. What do you think that means? What do you think you want? And so it's about them and how they can solve it. And they can solve it by approaching another person and trying to repair a relationship and do those pieces. That's wonderful. But that... It doesn't always require the other person. It's not always the projection. And the other person didn't do these things. They felt sad because they were left out. They felt sad because of this. And those are the feelings that they have because it's important for them to have friendships and to have connections and to have friends that they can play with. And important for them to find friends that like to play with them and enjoy doing that. Instead of constantly making the other kid the bad guy because they're not playing with them, to make it important that they realize that they value friends that like to play with them, that make them feel good when they play together, that say nice things to them, 
and that they seek out those friendships and those people, and they will find those people and make those friendships instead of continuing to go after friendships with the kids that don't do those things. So for them to understand what they value and to reflect it back to them, fact you're sad makes me think that you really want to have friends that say nice things to you. Are there other friends that you like to play with that say nice things? Who are some of those friends? Can we find them and play with them? And to have that kind of way of thinking of finding those relationships and using our emotions as indicators about what we want and where we're in alignment and how we can use them to better ourselves and find what we want and go in that direction. Hopefully that kind of made sense and connected. I am just wrapping my head around it and getting excited about looking at my emotions in a different way and being excited about this whole concept about people doing the best they can and how it's kind of morphed and changed and grown with that. I'm intrigued by what you might get out of this as well and if you apply this. So definitely keep me posted about it. But before we get into our grit wit to kind of apply this more in our self-care spotlight for today, I did want to kind of touch on the fact that this is our first episode of our second season. We have finally made the leap to practice what I preach and move the grit show into seasons. It's part of the concept around being more friendly to the longevity of podcasts to actually have them broken up into seasons versus every week, all the time, nonstop, and that can get a little overwhelming. So to make things kind of flow differently and to break them up into seasons. So while the numbers in the episodes will keep rolling forward, so this is episode 40, it's season two, episode 40. It'll still be easy to find with the 40 and to track things that way. And this will allow for breaks occasionally and for themes to emerge a little bit as well, which will be exciting. During this second season, we are going to do a deeper dive into burnout over a couple of episodes and more than one way. I have a wonderful friend who is also... um clinically trained in social work, who's going to come on and speak with me a little bit about that, which is exciting. And I have another expert who I'm talking to that we're also going to come and talk a little more about burnout among some other things. So I'm excited about that. So we'll have a little bit more focus on burnout because I think that's a very important topic that a lot of you have mentioned as something that people are experiencing. We'll also be spending some time looking at the differences between coaching and therapy and looking at some different types of coaching and therapy as part of that. You guys have shown some interest in that and understanding that more, and I definitely want to meet that need and give you guys some, some depth and breadth and understanding that a little bit. We'll also continue to have our usual format and have some conversations on different topics you've all expressed some interest in. Next week, we're actually going to have a deeper dive on sleep, which is so important, and we have a delightful guest who's going to come and talk to us more about that. So next week, we'll have Francis with us, and we'll get some very valuable information and perspective on sleep, the importance of that, and some ideas around how to know when you should be worried or not and what you can do about that. So I'm excited for that conversation that will be our first guest of our season two. Working with some of the wonderful individuals in the network, I've definitely learned all the pieces that slow you down, and this network takes the tech and the stress away while also providing mentoring, community, and the power of a network to make sure podcasts have the base they need with the right support so they can last. We are very proud that the majority of our podcasts in our network reach a top 10% in their very first month. There's a class you can take to ease you in to podcasting to learn about all the foundations that you'll need to help you build a successful podcast. If you go to bit.ly slash podcast D2D, it's a podcasting from dreaming to doing intro series. 
and it'll be offered live for four sessions starting April 27th. It's a Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday. And if you DM me D2D on Instagram, I'll even send you a discount code for $50 off. If you live in the Portland, Oregon area, you can even join us in person. We have a limited number of seats for that, but you'd be welcome to join us. So you get to have a little bit of community as well as being able to do that learning. All of the sessions will be live broadcast and also recorded. There's an upcharge to be able to have um, continued access to the recordings if you aren't able to make each of the evenings, but hopefully you'll be able to be there and be part of the conversations because there's a lot of value in that. If you are someone who is ready to jump right in past the courses and are ready for coaching and launching, DM me join and I'll send you info about the network so that you can get right in and join all of these wonderful individuals who are building their podcast they've been dreaming of and making beautiful things happen out with their authentic connecting out in the world. All right, let's get on to our self-care spotlight, which needs to be changed to life maintenance. I need a catchy title, you guys. Help me with this so I can change it officially. So my self-care, I was noting that I'm working way too much and I'm supposed to be savoring 2023. Y'all know this. (laughs) So I am actually going to the beach this weekend with my partner and I am so excited because we need it. The weather is not even supposed to be that good and we don't care because (laughs) we need a little time away for the two of us. And that is our favorite thing is to get away for a couple of days. And so we are going to take a nice little weekend at the beach at a great place that I've been to. I went on a little retreat there and my partner has not been there yet. So he's excited to see it for the first time. And we're just going to get away and have some nice long walks on the beach and a lot of resting and recovering and just chilling. So no work this weekend, not allowed. I finally hired some folks and we'll have some support so that I can actually get away. That was my way of making sure I was taking care of me, getting back to it was out of alignment. And that was that I was working too much and I was taking over too much and I was not happy about it. So making some space for what's important, which is quality time with the person that is very dear to me so that we can connect and I can get away a little bit and I'll do better work when I get back because of it. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, grit wit y'all. So we're going to look at what we're going to do to apply what we talked about, about feelings as indicators. We're going to plant a little seed with a concept about if others are doing the best that they can for you to just kind of noodle with that a little bit, maybe listen to the podcast from Brene Brown. See what you think about that concept because they do a great job with it. We're going to touch on it a little bit when we get to the burnout conversation. But just for you looking at you, we're going to focus on emotions as indicators. So when you have that knee-jerk emotion, to remember it's actually only six seconds that's being released. What you do after that six seconds With that chemical release in your brain is what turns it into something that lasts longer, that sticks with you more. So with that six-second release, when you feel that, to use that curious thing to kind of reflect on why you're having that stronger emotion. Because we have lots of emotions. We have joy, we have love, but we also have some stronger ones that you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones that kind of pinprick you a little bit, right? When you have those, to kind of stop and think about what might be out of alignment, what is happening that doesn't connect with how you want to be in the world and how you are in the world and and how you're feeling and what that is that is for you, 
What's a message for you, not for anybody else? Is it that you feel overwhelmed? Is it that you feel like you're not connected? Is it that you feel you need more love and more joy? Do you need more downtime? Do you need more understanding? Do you need more self-compassion? What do you need? What is this signaling for you? What might this be an indicator for you? And as much as if you're looking at this other person saying, why are you so loud and so out of control and stop and feel like, is there somewhere in my life that feels loud and out of control? If I'm looking at you saying, why aren't you getting everything done? Is there somewhere in my life where I feel like, why am I not getting everything done? So even just trying to reverse what you're saying outwardly to inwardly, like how is this a message for me? Not for someone else because I have no control over the someone else. How is this a message for me? So just start doing that. Just give yourself the next 48 hours. We're going to give you a whole two days. 48 hours of just pausing when you have a pinprick emotion to be like, what might this be an indicator of? What might this message for me, what might my body, if this, this is a hot stove, what am I supposed to be pulling back from? What am I supposed to be moving towards? What am I supposed to be moving around? What might this be indicating that I need to pay attention to? So just start working with that and see if it, if it resonates with you. Because again, not everything I say is going to resonate with all of you, but just see if that resonates with you as something that you have a strong emotion with, if there's some way that it might connect with you in that way. Something to think on. I'd love to hear if this resonates with you, honestly, because this is new to me as well, and it's a new way of thinking, so it'd be kind of fun to find out from you. So seriously, Instagram, direct messages, best way to connect with me. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell when I have new messages, so if you don't hear from a little while, it's nothing personal. It's just that it's taking me a little while to know that it's a new message, not just a, not just another random person asking me to model their earrings or something random. <laughs> So it might take me a minute to get back to you, but I will find you and I will get back to you. Just be patient with me. But that is the best way to connect with me is on there. Thank you so much for taking time to listen today and being part of this community. You are the reason that The Grit Show is in the top 10% and has been for as long as it has. Thank you so much for that. And if there's someone you know who might be interested in this concept about emotions being indicators. If you share it with them, you can both talk about it and see how it resonates with you. And you never know, they might just like this show and become a listener and that would be amazing because we definitely want to connect with more people. That's why I'm here doing this. That's kind of the point and purpose, right? That would mean a lot. Just send them the link. Thank you again for being here. Remember, you are the only one of you that this world has got and that means something. I look forward to connecting again next Tuesday. Have a good week.